0: Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at theDraftNetwork.com, and I guess you could say today's episode is Right in my wheelhouse, we're talking player evaluation for the Miami Dolphins at a position of need, the wide receiver position. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So we are continuing. This is the last episode. Episode of the Dolphins specific draft boards. We went through 25 offensive linemen, 10 running backs, it was like 20 edge rushers. We got 15 wide receivers, and I could have kept going. I could have put 30 players on this list. But I want to make sure we do due diligence to the players. Uh, who are day one and two options in which the Dolphins have five picks. Because if you get to what the Dolphins currently have scheduled right now on day three, which is a five and two sevens, you're not going to be getting an impact wide receiver that's going to help your offense in year one. You get plenty of guys, uh, Limbodens of the world, the Malcolm Perrys of the world, gadgety type players. One of them was a third round pick. The other was a seventh round pick last year. But like those guys weren't ready to be, Game changers for the Dolphins offense in year one. There are some game changers and there's some potential lightning in a bottle game changers to talk about. And those were the guys I wanted to give the most diligence to. So we're going to do round one, round two, and round three as our tiers instead of day one, day two, and day three as our tiers. So with that in mind, I'd at least like to shout out a couple names as day three guys that I like as potential Rolls of the tights, depending on how the Dolphins go about allocating more draft picks, if they allocate more draft picks, so on and so forth. One is Iowa wide receiver Emir Smith-Marset. Probably going to be a fourth-round guy. uh, Former track, got a track background. Wins vertically down the field. Go watch the bowl game against USC from a couple years ago. He scored three or four touchdowns in that game. Uh, showed off his versatility. or some special teams appeal here. Smith-Marset is going to be a nice player for somebody. Jalen Darden from North Texas. He's 5'9", uh, 170. Uh, the phrase is pocket rocket, right? He's tiny, he's fast, he's quick. He's not blazing fast, but his short area quickness and agility is super fun to watch. And Jalen Darden... Uh, another guy with some team's ability. He's probably a fifth, sixth round player when it's all said and done. Uh, but we let over at TDN like him quite a bit. We got him in our one, top 125. Uh, Simi Fehoko from Stanford. This is a height, weight, speed type guy. 64 227 pounds had terrific. Like he's the closest thing. Athletically speaking from a height, weight, speed perspective and explosiveness perspective to DK Metcalf in this year's class. Now, TDN head D.K. Metcalf is like a top five player. This is a player who's outside the top 125, so he's a developmental guy. Uh, The production has not really ramped up for him yet. He's fairly raw, Uh, but for his movement skills at 6'4", 227, for a team like Miami that likes some size on the boundary, there's a little something there to work with. Uh, Just like there's a little something there to work with with Anthony Schwartz from Auburn, former sprinter, Uh, Track background, six foot, 179. Uh, He's really impressive in the open field. Uh, The problem with Anthony Schwartz is I think he's more straight line speed than he is anything else, and he's very raw as a route runner. And he's not overly big, so he catches the ball with his body from time to time. Kate Johnson, senior bowl guy. This dude, uh, we watched him, or I watched him, I should say, Earlier this week for player evaluations over a TDN to finalize my big board. I'm hoping to get 275 plus before it's all said and done. I'm over 250 as things currently stand. I got to lock myself in this weekend. Kate Johnson at the Senior Bowl, 5'10, 186. This dude put everybody who tried to cover him at the Senior Bowl in a blender. And when I say blender, I mean like there are screen caps from at grinding the tape on Twitter, which is my Twitter handle four one-on-one plays in which the defender literally ended up on the ground <laughs> it just turned dudes inside out really fun impressive south dakota state used him on some gadgety stuff a lot of end arounds trick plays reverse passes that kind of stuff uh, but silky smooth and uh easy he's gonna be a slot guy at the next level and uh, as a day three guy, they certainly worth the the risk there as a small school prospect who showcased himself very well at the Senior Bowl. Joshi Matterbebe is another uh, big bodied outside guy, 6'2, 215. Uh, this is the dude that had the 46 and a half inch vertical leap. Former four star recruit, went to USC originally, transferred to Illinois. He's a redshirt senior. He wins down-the-field targets as a big-body guy on the outside, Uh, developmental as far as route running and diversity and the ways he attacks. But I like his vertical speed. I like his ball skills. Uh, He flashed quite a bit in Matt Bebe. Really fun name, too. Would love to see it on the back of a a Dolphins jersey alongside Noah Igbenagadi and have the all-name team just from the number of letters that these guys are getting on the backs of their jerseys. Cornell pal Clemson, uh, six foot two Oh five. He is the guy from Clemson who broke out in 2020 when Trevor Lawrence got COVID. And there was like a six, seven game stretch in which he was just unstoppable. Uh, He wins in a lot of the same ways that a lot of the other big body Clemson guys have won deep targets down the field, Back shoulder throws, high point targets, he's got really strong hands, but he's not as big as like the Mike Williams of the world. So that's the drawback for Cornell Powell. He would be a player who I would envision would like challenge Matt Collins on the roster. Those are just some names. There's plenty of day three names uh, to watch, but I wanted to shout out a couple of my favorites for Miami in the event that that's something they're interested in double dipping on. But now it's time to shift gears. We're gonna go round one, round two, round three. Round one's gonna be fairly brief uh, because the big four we dedicated entire shows to. So I don't want to you know rehash everything that was talked about on those shows. So over the course of the last two weeks, we did pros and cons of drafting player X at pick Y. Uh, Kyle Pitts at six, Jalen Waddle at six, Jamar Chase at six, Devontae Smith at six. All of those are existing shows, so if you missed them, carve out a little time, hit pause here, go listen, come back, and we could pick up right where we left off. I won't tell anybody, and nobody will be none the wiser uh, that you took a little break to go peruse some of the other shows from the past few weeks. I won't even be upset if you haven't listened until now rockauto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high quality service online for the last 20 years so whether you're looking for engine control modules brake parts taillights motor oil or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver rockauto.com has everything you need in one easy to navigate catalog and in just a few clicks you can get everything delivered directly to your front door best of all prices are the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts Visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs, and write Locked On in there. How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. So we're doing all these shows dedicated specifically for the draft, and if you like some of me, uh, this year's draft coverage for the Locked On, more is better. Uh, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network. Uh, my world's colliding, to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Live streaming coverage all three days, plus the week building up starting next week. It's going to be phenomenal coverage. TheDraftNetwork.com, Brinks.TV, the Locked On YouTube channel. No shortage of ways for you to check it out. So there's no excuse for you to not have the best possible experience consuming this year's NFL Draft. Brought to you by Locked On and the Draft Network. I would like the record to state quite clear that this was a cumbersome task for me to finally put these guys down in an order. Uh, we're doing wide receivers, but spoiler alert, Kyle Pitts is included. And my preferred order for the Dolphins Based on my perspective of the team, my perspective of the prospects, what we know about the Dolphins and their quarterback and their offense and what they like in players, Kyle Pitts is the top available pass catcher in this year's draft. And if he is there for the Dolphins, I do not care about the existence of Mike Gusecki on the roster. That's not meant to minimize Mike Gusecki's impact on the offense. I do not care that Kyle Pitts is listed as a tight end. He is the best individual mismatch, and he plays a position that makes it incredibly hard for opposing defensive coaches to define what personnel they should be out on the field in. And the opportunities to manufacture mismatches with him and Gusecki on the field at the same time is immeasurable. He's not the player who's going to benefit everybody else around him the most, But he's the player who's going to change what you can do offensively the most. And because of that, Kyle Pitts, go listen to the pros and cons of drafting Kyle Pitts at 6 episode, is my number one pass catcher. If he's there at 6, I'll even get into the big board spoiler for you. If he's there at 6, he would be my choice for the pick. No questions asked. He is the only tight end on this list of 15 players, however. Who is number two? If you've listened to all four of the pros and cons at six, uh, then you probably will not be surprised to hear that Alabama wide receiver dot, dot, dot. Jalen Waddell is my second choice for pass catchers for the Miami Dolphins in this year's draft. His versatility as a player, his GPS Confirmed game-breaking speed, fastest wide receiver in this year's class, three-level threat, vertical, middle of the field and intermediates, quick game, screen game, manufactured touches, generates explosive plays, average distance of his touchdowns, over 17 touchdowns in his career in three seasons at Alabama, was over 44 yards. Miami needs explosive plays, and Waddle creates them with the ball in his hands, and he will also, alongside Will Fuller, create them for everybody else because you cannot play the Dolphins in single high coverage with those two guys on the field. You cannot do it. They will tear you to shreds. So you're going to play too high. So now the run game is easier. You're going to play too high and you're going to play soft. When you play soft and you got to keep the roof over top of these guys and you're running them vertically down the field, you've got two less guys that can jump into intermediate windows, at least if not you know, unless you're going cover three or quarters. And if you go quarters, God bless, the Dolphins will ram the ball down your throat and they'll nickel and dime you underneath. When you suck up and you try and manufacture those crowded areas, they'll go over. You can go over the top with guys like Jalen Waddle, who I believe caught 20 of 26 targets, 20 plus yards downfield for the entirety of his career at Alabama. Just unbelievable, surreal production on 20 plus yard targets down the field. And Will Fuller's in the mix as well. You want to run some Alabama offense. Bring those guys in. Bring Jalen Waddle in. Alongside Will Fuller, and let's run 2018 Alabama when they went to the national championship game before losing to Clemson, the Mike Loxley version, which it was just bombs away, we're zipping it down the field. Jamar Chase is at three for me. The athletic profile, super exciting. Does not have a pre-existing relationship with Tua Tagovailoa. Which isn't meant to be a knock, but it is it is the icing on the cake or the cherry on top for Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith, by extension. Chase is bigger, thicker, denser. Almost as explosive as Jalen Waddle. Well, not quite. Um, but his separation skills are not equal to that of Jalen Waddle. And because of that, I have Waddle above Chase. Devontae Smith at four. This is the last patch catcher I would endorse the Dolphins to consider at six. Devontae Smith, you're just betting on him being the exception to the rule. And the exceptions to the rule exist. But that's a dangerous game to play, and that's why he's at four. There's little question from a route-running skill set. He might be the best route-runner we've seen in the last few years in the NFL draft. He's got plucky hands. He plays above his weight class. He can get off press coverage. He's a technician amongst technicians. But he weighed in in Indianapolis at 166 pounds. Miami likes big people. Football is a big people game. Big people beat up little people. And that, for Devontae Smith, is going to be a question. Whether you agree with it or disagree with it, You don't have to take my word as law on the matter. You can listen to any number of interviews with NFL personnel, NFL coaches. I can tell you I work with two former NFL scouts on staff at the Draft Network. Every single one of them, Devontae Smith and his stature and the durability that will provide at the next level, it comes up and it does matter. You can't make a confident statement one way or another, but it's a question. It's a question we can't answer. So those are the guys at six, but they're not the guys that I think run out of first-round options. Because when you look at 18, there are two more receivers that I think you can make an endorsement for. One of them's a bit of a reach, probably ideally would be a 36 pick. But Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. Six foot one, 190 pounds. He played at Minnesota around 205. Uh, he had good pro day testing numbers. But you watch him on tape at Minnesota. And here's what you have to understand about the Gophers' offense and P.J. Fleck. They rpo teams to death in 2019. And Bateman was a very big part of that. And he ran a ton of his routes over the middle of the field. And he ran a ton of his routes into the teeth of the defense. And he showed fearlessness with his catch radius. He showed toughness over the middle. He showed run-after-catch ability to catch balls in stride, not breaking stride even when the ball's not accurate, and create chunk plays. Rashad Bateman is super slept on in my eyes. In my eyes, Rashad Bateman is closer to Devante Smith than Devante Smith is to Jamar Chase. If he's there at 18 and you go a different direction at 6, for whatever reason, I would be thrilled to add Rashad Bateman to the fray, knowing full well he knows how to find soft spaces, he knows how to wrap in the middle of the field, wrap those routes around that hook-curl defender and look for the football, second window throws, and he's comfortable in the middle of the field and he's well-versed with RPOs. That translates directly to to what the Dolphins do offensively. Or at least what they did last year. With two at quarterback. I'm actually going to call that the end of the first round, guys. I'll call it five. Four options for six and an option at 18. Football season may be over, but BetOnline has plenty of sports action for you to get in on with NBA MLB, and NHL all in full swing right now. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television with real-time updated odds and props on just about anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all of the news scores and odds and is the best way to place your bets, plus it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The Ultimate 2021 NFL Mock Draft presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening right now. Different podcast feed featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockham, and Brian Baldinger are local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars for their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports podcasts news and music that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. And we are shifting gears into day two wide receivers. And the top choice here for my money is Elijah Moore from Ole Miss for the Dolphins. You can take a lot of the same things, a lot, not all, but you can take a lot of the same things that are relevant to Jalen Waddell And you can apply them to Elijah Moore. 5'9", 184. So he's not big. Probably ideally going to be a slot, although he did line up inside and outside at Ole Miss. Explosive play waiting to happen. Really fun tape. 2020 was a big step forward for him. He would go into the Jakeem Grant subsection of the Dolphins wide receiver room and could potentially supplant him if the numbers game catches up to the Dolphins' pass catchers. Uh, more at 36 would be appropriate value. Do you expect him to be there at 36? Go ahead and flip a coin. I don't think Miami drafts a wide receiver at 6 or 18 and then turns around and drafts one again at 36. Maybe it takes place with Kyle Pitts. Maybe. But... 36, but from the, the sound of things, appears to be the sweet spot for running backs. Here's where it gets interesting. Um, it's a little sidebar here. Uh, a lot of the reports right now have the Pittsburgh Steelers tied to Najee Harris. There's some rumblings out there that pass rusher is going to be the way of choice for Miami at 18. They very well may have their pick of the litter at 18, depending on what transpires out in front of them. So if that happens, I'm not going to argue with Miami choosing a pass rusher over a running back with a top 20 selection. But of the teams that are landmines in front of you, I know I mentioned this a couple days ago, uh, but the team that I had been tipped off on potentially really liking one of the three top backs in this year's class made some transactions at that position and is now moving on. Uh, they, they, so that's one contender out, and that's helpful. That's quite helpful. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are another team that's tied to Najee Harris. Brandon Bean, their general manager, has said several times that they can get it done with what they have. They used day two picks over the last two years, I believe, on Devin Singletary and Zach Moss going into this offseason. So they've invested a significant amount at the running back position anyway. you got to worry about the Jets you got to worry about the Steelers, and that's probably it. Jacksonville maybe, but probably only for Travis Etienne. But here's the thing. If you're the Jets, put yourself in the Jets' shoes. Say Miami goes pass Rusher. You're the Jets. You'd like a running back, but you're looking behind you. I got Pittsburgh, and that's probably it. That needs a running back in the first round. Maybe Jacksonville goes crazy, but even Jacksonville... Jacksonville and New York and the Dolphins each have picks within the first four picks of the second round. So if I'm New York, I know guaranteed if Pittsburgh takes one, Jacksonville takes ETN at 33, I'll have a swing at the bat, at the next back at 34, and I'm going to be uncontested. The same thing's applicable for Miami, so then you just have to hope one of the team's in front of you, punts all together. So if you're the Miami at 18, you pass on a back. The Jets have the same mentality because they pick at 34. They pass on a back. Say Pittsburgh takes Najee Harris. Nothing through the end of the round now, which I'm eliminating Buffalo based on Brandon Bean's comments. I know smokescreen season. I get it. And I'm also eliminating the team uh, that was in that same range who has made some signings at running back. So now you have Jacksonville and New York to open round two. And if just one of them goes any other direction at all, you're going to get a top three back in your lap. It's not mathematically guaranteed, but the odds are in your favor. And that's probably why that smoke exists. The next day two wide receiver, Elijah Moore, good candidate at 36. This candidate is also... Uh, a good one for 36, Kadarius Toney from the University of Florida, 5'11", 190, Uh, very, very jittery receiver. He has some of the most unbelievable short area twitchiness that I've ever seen. Is he the most efficient at times? No. Uh, He used to play quarterback. He was a high school quarterback two-score athlete, track background. Bit of an older prospect for his breakout age. Um, but Kadarius Tony, when you watch him on film, a guy who plays in the slot, uh, he's much more diverse as a route runner than what Miami has there now, other than Albert Wilson. And Albert Wilson has financial issues, And durability issues as far as appeal to keeping him on the roster. He's not going to be cheap. There's some reasonable cap savings to be had if you move on from Albert Wills. Tony fits in that bucket. So does the next guy. Rondale Moore. From Purdue. The challenge with Rondale Moore. 5'9", 175. Cannot stay healthy. We saw... This version of this player in last year's draft, but the 6'2", 220 version in LaVisca Chenault from Colorado, he ended up going in in the second round. Uh, Rondale Moore is 5'9", 175. Same durability questions. Uh, I don't know what Purdue was thinking with their usage from him this year, but they literally just turned everything into touch passes. You know those two really fun touch passes that Shaquem Grant that got like 40-something yards combined? That's what they did with Rondale Moore this year. Like for the entire, like it was eight yards a catch. Exhausting tape to watch. Useless tape to watch for Rondale Moore. It's a shame. I get like he missed the first half of the Big Ten season and then he came back and it was, oh, it was a hamstring issue, but the hamstring was what ended his year last year. And then they literally just force fed him the football to try and help his draft stock and they did not help his cause at all. Would I draft Rand- Would I draft Rondale Moore at 36? No, I think he's ideally ideally a target for 50 if he's there. As is the next guy who I like a ton. I think this would be plus value. Uh, Diami Brown from North Carolina. The challenge with Brown is he's not overly nuanced as a route runner, but he's got terrific ball skills. He's got good burst. He wins vertically down the field. He's 6'1, 195, so he's not one of these 5'10 receivers. He can actually play on the outside. He has terrific hands, tracking the ball over his shoulder, concentration catches. He moves the needle a lot. If he's there at 50 and Miami took Kyle Pitts, or Miami took Penny Sewell, and then they took a pass rusher, and then they get a running back. Like, this is the guy. That I would love to see at 50. Why is he not higher up? Because he is a little one-dimensional. The offense that he played in in North Carolina. Did not set him up for the most immediate transition of the program. So there's some transition concerns based on the offense that he played in in North Carolina. Versus what he will have to learn coming into the Dolphins. And he's not as dynamic as either Tony Moore or Rondale Moore. As the remaining Guys above him in the second round bucket. There is a name here who we don't really know where he's going to go. Terrence Marshall Jr. from LSU. Uh, Apparently he got flagged for some medical stuff at the Combine Medical Checks. Uh, The comp for him over at TDN is Devontae Parker. 6'3", 200 pounds, wins vertically, high point catcher, Really pleasant movement skills for a guy of his stature otherwise in the shorter, quicker game. But the medicals are the big question mark for him. Apparently he has multiple broken tibias on his record or his resume from his high school years. Uh, That is not great. Lower body injuries for a big wide receiver. Lower body injuries for any wide receiver is kind of a, a red flag, right? So Rondale Moore's got him although his is more soft tissue. Terrence Marshall apparently has it, and it's orthopedic. So he's a wild card. So I put him at the bottom of the round two bucket just because I don't know what the medicals are going to end up doing to him. Round three, guys. Let me take a sip here. God, I love this concept. I love the draft so much. I got five guys for round three. Their names, Amari Rodgers, Clemson, Amon Ra St. Brown, USC, Dwayne Eskridge, Western Michigan, Tylen Wallace, Oklahoma State, Nico Collins, Michigan. Let's start with Amari Rodgers. Stylistically, let's remember the Dolphins wanted to interview Tony Elliott for their offensive coordinator vacancy. Pretty telling. Amari Rodgers... Is five nine and a half, 211 pounds. When I say he's built like a running back, I mean he's literally built like a running back. He is, you know, Albert Wilson's very. You no, know, he's not a big guy, but he's dense below the waist. That's Mari Rogers. He's going to get knocked a little bit because his offense was a little gimmicky as far as RPOs and bubbles and quick throws, Uh, a lot of RPOs. uh, But Amari won down the field, and Amari won after the catch. And those are two things that the Dolphins really need. So if he's there at 81, Amari Rodgers would be my top choice for a wide receiver if they were double dipping on day one. Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, the timed speed is not great here, six one one ninety five, But he's a really blue-collar dude as a wide receiver. I love his attitude. I love the the physicality he plays with at the line of scrimmage, the physicality he plays with at the top of routes, the physicality he plays with as a blocker, the physicality he plays with with the ball in his hands. He checks all the boxes as far as being a physical football player, which we know the Dolphins are probably going to love because they love physical brand of football. If I could think of a word to describe Dwayne Eskridge, the next guy on this list, one of the standouts from the Senior Bowl, physical is probably not on the list. 5'9, 189, uh, blazing fast, speed. He ran 4'3'3, electronic time. He put dudes in blenders at the Senior Bowl, uh, but he is an older player, and he did transition from defensive back not that long ago. So the natural ability is undeniable with Dwayne Eskridge. His catch radius is not large. His ability to adjust his hands and catch away from his frame is not great. He was a little, quote-unquote, gimmicky at times. But at 81, you could do a hell of a whole lot worse if you're looking for a guy who's going to give you special teams value, speed to your offensive core, and his ball skills cannot be any worse than Jakeem Grant's. I'm just saying and he'd be cheaper. So Dwayne Eskridge, from that perspective, nice appeal. Tylen Wallace, kind of an odd study, 5'11", 193. Predominantly won down the field in the Oklahoma State passing offense. Uh, not too dissimilar from James Washington, Uh, who was also at Oklahoma State and ended up going to Pittsburgh as a team that likes to push the ball down the field, or at least they did up until Ben Roethlisberger's arm died, and then they had to try and nickel and dime it, and they played within the same box that the Dolphins did offensively in 2020. Uh, But Tylen Wallace uh, on the outside pushing down the field, really good results, really good production. Uh, I do think he's a little bit more of a diverse route runner than he gets credit for, just because so many of his splash plays at Oklahoma State came vertically down the field. Uh, But he's not the biggest. He's not the fastest. He's not the strongest. He's not the most natural as far as a separator against man coverage because he doesn't have an overwhelming trait in his physical profile. But he's a productive player. I think he could play in the slot for Miami. He's got good hands for his stature, and his catch radius for his size is quite respectable. So, Tylan Wallace is fourth on the list of five third-round targets for the Dolphins' wide receiver, the last one being Nico Collins. Height, weight, speed, to the max, 6'4", 215, Nico Collins. Uh, His pro day numbers were phenomenal. But you watch him on tape. He's like D.K. Metcalf in that he wins his best routes, slants, and goes down the field. Miami wants a guy to challenge Preston Williams in that subsection of the wide receiver room. Nico Collins, the third round, would be a great way to do it. And he is much more dynamic athletically than Preston Williams. He did not play in 2020. So that's a, a bit of a question mark for his evaluation. But Chris Greer at his press conference yesterday said you know it's not really fair to make judgments or hold it against these players for making personal decisions to opt out. So um, sounds like, or Chris Greer made it sound like Miami would just go back to the 2019 tape and evaluate what they were and try and forecast and project it forward. So quick summary. We're gonna go one through fifteen. These are the first, second, and third round wide receiver in tiers listed most preferable down for the Miami Dolphins. The first round bucket, options for six overall, Kyle Pitts, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, Devante Smith, for yours truly, it's in that order. Option for 18, Rashad Bateman. That is the end of the round one tier for wide receivers, the round two tier. Option for 36, Elijah Moore, Ole Miss. Option for 36, Kadarius Toney, Florida. Options for 50, Rondale Moore, wide receiver Purdue. Diami Brown, wide receiver North Carolina. Terrence Marshall Jr., big old question mark because of the medicals. He's a fringe first-round player if he's healthy. Sounds like the medicals are going to drop him a little bit, so I put him at the bottom of the second-round tier. Round three options. Amari Rogers, Clemson, Amon Ross St. Brown, USC, Dwayne Eskridge, Western Michigan, Tyler Wallace, Oklahoma State, Nico Collins, Michigan. I don't know about you, but I am greatly looking forward to combining all of these boards together for one big board to work through and explore some combinations and picks for the Dolphins, but not before next week because tomorrow's power to the pod. So submit your questions, hot takes, topics, you name it. We'll tackle it. Our last one before the NFL draft, make it count, bring the heat. I'm relying on you to keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I am Kyle Krabs. Thanks as always for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day.